Hello and welcome to the Education on Fire podcast. The place where we share creative and inspiring learning in our schools. Season 4, Episode 45. Hello and welcome back to the Education on Fire podcast with me, Mark Taylor. Today I'm joined by Alison Swan, who is one half of Dance Educates, and she's going to be talking to us about how dance fits into the curriculum and kind of the opportunities that they have to offer you as schools um, and as teachers, and um, and how we can really support you within the curriculum and also generally how dance in the arts can, can really enhance the school and the education of our children. So welcome, Alison, and thanks for being on the podcast. Well, thank you. It's my pleasure. Just give us a little bit of history about, I guess, how you got into dance first of all, and, and then from there, how Dance Educates became a, um, an organisation. Okay. Well, I've been dancing all my life. I started as a child, like lots of children do, doing ballet, tap, jazz, and many other things. Um, and then I discovered, when I was about 16, contemporary dance, and I was fortunate enough to go to Laban, now Trinity Laban, to train there for three years. Um, as a dance in education specialist, um, trained for secondary education, which is how I started. I did some, I was fortunate enough to work with a choreographer and um, a sculptor, Kate Denton, in my professional life. And then I went into teaching quite by accident, really. I started at Camden School for Girls, where I was employed to introduce and develop GCSE dance. Uh, Then I had my own family and that's partly how I got involved in primary education. And um, that's often the way, isn't it? You sort of end up doing things related to what your first-hand experience is and like I say having children is one of those things that certainly I've sort of when I've gone into primary schools it's been sort of through my children's schools that have kind of got got, got me going in that scenario. Yes that's right and after that I've uh, I worked for Laban to deliver children's dance classes and then later to deliver CPD in teaching dance in primary schools. Uh, After that I went to work for The Place which is the home of London School for Contemporary Dance and the Richard Alston Dance Company for whom my partner Katie Vernon-Smith is currently working. Um, We were part of 15 years or so of research into embodied learning. Uh, We started with Chris Thompson, who was director of learning and access at the place. Um, And he began work on something which I believe was called Dancing the Words. That evolved over the years into a new place for dance in schools, science physical, learn physical, and then learn physical um, interactive, which we took into schools to encourage teachers that they could deliver the dance themselves. All right, so that's that's a really important um, factor, I guess. It, th- we're not just talking about we're going to come into a school and do it all for you. It's actually a, no. more long-term than that, and actually the teacher's been an integral part of the programme. Absolutely. I think the days are have passed when every school were was able to employ a dance specialist, but it's not a reason for dance not to happen in schools. And our experience has been that primary teachers are often a little bit frightened of teaching dance. Uh, and I completely understand that. And what we try to do is sort of demystify it and show them that their curriculum is a rich stimulus for dance. 
But actually what we now develop is we use dance as a multi-sensory approach to learning, uh, which pretty much means it's an embodied approach to learning. We look at teachers' short-term plans, we go over it with them, we look at the various curriculum areas and choose an area that we feel we can support with creative dance teaching. And that's um, really exactly the same as the as we found in music and it really yes. is just that, that that scenario of kind of the money isn't necessarily there to have a, a full-time music person or like say a full-time no. dance person going on but actually once you sort of demystify it and also just have sort of the, the the framework and the building blocks of actually how you go about making this class happen then like you say it, it's actually yes. not so much of a stretch and because you have the resources because you're already the teacher delivering things to the children they they really warm to the fact that you're sort of involved in even this slightly one step removed from what they may have actually been experiencing with you before i think so and i think uh, the point is that we we don't what we don't do at dance educates is go in and teach routines uh, there's lots of opportunities for extracurricular dance in order to do that. What we like to say is that we support what you're teaching in your classroom. If I can give you an example that I often use, it's uh, we've done it over and over again in the past with, for example, a year three class when they're doing forces in science. Uh, if we look at magnets and we look at the words they use, pushing and pulling, or therefore attract and repel, those things lend themselves to moving. And out of that, we can explore that concept, that idea of magnetism, the North Pole, the South Pole, opposites attracting, all of those things that they're learning in the classroom. We give them time to be engaged in a playful way with that. We give them time in a dance lesson to explore that idea it gives them an opportunity to ask different sorts of questions. It gives them an opportunity to be collaborative with their students and with the teacher. Um, and it gives them hopefully a deeper understanding of that concept or idea, which in turn helps them to retain it. And that's the sort of theory behind embodied learning of a physical approach to learning. And that's what Katie and I like to stress when we're in schools. That, that sounds really, really fantastic. And and how do you find it works practically? Um, and how, as you say, they're linked and they're part of the same curriculum, but is it is it the sort of thing that you'd be able to do on the same day? Or um, do they sort of always want it to be slightly one step removed? Because obviously we know in the curriculum at the moment, you know, you have to do a certain number of hours of English and maths. And so so how yes. closely embodied can it, can it actually be? Well, at the moment, uh, both Katie and I are in a school one day a week which keeps us very grounded and very in touch with the curriculum. Uh, I'm very fortunate I work in a junior school in Dulwich where I'm very much supported by the head as part of their creative curriculum. And what I do is I work for half a term with each year group throughout the year, um, preceded by a meeting, albeit rather brief, with the class teacher on what their topics are, what the various areas of the curriculum. What I do, therefore, is I deliver dance as part of their PE curriculum uh, one morning a week, um, but I link it to their curriculum plans. So yes, at the moment I'm working with a year six class. We're looking at the book that he's using with his class this year, which is a graphic novel uh, by Sean Tay called The Arrival. 
So we are looking at the creative writing that he will take from that. We're also looking at the wider issues of migration and what that means. And they can refer to it from the things they've brought in from school. We're looking at poetry, we're looking at art, all to do with migration. But that takes place in their PE lesson, which in this half term is dance. In uh, one of our programmes that we might go into schools with, we often find that similarly we're in a PE structure. So we've got a lesson slot and it is not necessarily part of or next to the lesson that we are linking to. But also we can say to teachers, if you can use that space and you want to step out of your lesson and explore something physically in the way that we're hopefully showing you how to do, then you can do that or you can do it in your classroom. So if a teacher wants to use our approach to support their learning and sees an opportunity for a physical response to that or an exploration into that, then they can use their classroom. We know in theory that's a great thing to be able to move into the hall, but it has to be available, doesn't it? It doesn't always work like that. Absolutely. But we have seen we have seen success with people using their classrooms. It's not necessarily in a dance class structure that this thing can happen but it is rather nice if it does yeah so i guess that the pe slot um, enables the timetable to be available doesn't it that it gives you it that does. opportunity to do that and um yeah. and, and and do you find that the class teachers are actually in the class with you um and so they're actually able to learn those things or sometimes are they off doing um, um ppa or that kind of thing how, how sort of involved do they often get well, it depends on what basis we're working. In the schools that I work in every week, the teachers are not with me. Um, they are taking their PPA time. Uh, in the schools that we take Dance Educates into to provide CPD, we enter into a partnership with them. So it can work in many ways. We like to design a programme that's appropriate for that school, their staff, their children, so they can be very varied. But for example, if we work with a class teacher for half term, so say six weeks, we do all our planning with that teacher. Uh, we deliver the lesson with them there, but we do a sort of gentle handover. So as we're planning each week together and following up each lesson, we're able to say, well, why don't you step in and deliver this part of the lesson uh, as they become more comfortable with that and with the structure that we we help them by giving them, then they gradually take over and deliver the whole project themselves. That's the way we like to work because that means we upskill that teacher and we leave it there. We're not doing a one-off project where we rush in, do something creative and leave and it's never done again. We want those people to carry on and find it a useful tool for their teaching. And because of that, we also like to maintain an ongoing relationship with those teachers so that we are available on the other end of the email or the telephone if they have any questions or any ideas that they want to talk through in how they might deliver that. I, th I think that's really important and it's one of the things that we've touched on in previous episodes is about sort of the 
the wider support network and community that's available to teachers yes. and it might be a facebook group or as you just said there it's that kind of having been involved in a project and then just wanting to expand it or to move slightly further forward and yes i think that's really good because then you're not just reliant on the teachers that are around you or the or the um the head of the school because they've already invested in actually having this project going in to be able to utilize that and to grow and expand as you do it is, is just a fantastic opportunity it is, isn't it? I mean, we have to continually uh, update what we know and look for different stimulus because otherwise it's it's rather dull, isn't it, if we just carry on doing what we've done all the time. So sharing the ideas that we find is really useful. We all do it in the dance community. So to provide that, and that's where um, the sort of clusters of schools or hubs can come into their own by sharing resources. We have a number of resources that people can download via the TES or our own website, and we're continually updating those. But actually, it would be a great way forward if clusters of schools could share that resource, share our resource, for example. We have done that. We've done um, a whole day of inset with Dance Educates uh, for teachers in Greenwich, which is where I live. So that seemed a no-brainer really doing <laughs> yes. it there first. Uh, but that was a great idea. A local school volunteered to host it. Um, we've done a couple of those. We'd like to do more, but clearly, you know, schools are finding things difficult. They're finding financing these things difficult. They're finding letting teachers out to do it difficult. So we'd like to further that, but I'm happy. I would always be happy to talk to schools and find a way forward so that we could do that so that there is this common resource that those teachers could share. And possibly it could be a Facebook page because that's how we all function these days. And it's easy and quick to access. Absolutely. And it's often most people's first point of call, isn't it? And and they're on yes, there, indeed. you know, sharing all manner of things, sort of personal yeah. and uh, and professional. So um, so all these things are just easily at hand. Um, and, and just sort of another strand of, of, of how it how you work um i, lo- I love the the idea of, of going in and, and having the time to have the pe lessons and to <laughs> deliver it yourself and i love the cpt idea and just being able to do that and as you say the cluster is always a great takeaway for me because it also it just yes. shares the cost around so if cost and all those things are important actually sharing it Absolutely. amongst schools just, it just is a really good idea um but do you also do it as an after school club as well or, or even an arts week something like that where people can get a taster of these things and see how far they'd like to develop it afterwards absolutely we um i've run a dance club at the school that i've mentioned before in Dulwich um, uh, we are happy to start after school clubs we would work the same way that we do in the classroom we think it's perfectly valid one one of the things I find um, difficult is when schools ask for a popular genre of dance because in my experience uh, that tends to cut out rather a lot of children who don't feel able to or don't feel they want to learn a particular genre of dance whereas I suppose back in the day when I was a long time ago when I was training I think it was referred to as modern educational dance which sounds rather old-fashioned but actually is quite a good term for it so it, it can encompass all the things that children have experienced all the things we've experienced uh, the number of times I've had to call upon things I learned as a child, say, in ballet or in national dancing for Christmas productions and that sort of thing. They've all been terribly useful and appropriate. 
But I think if you have um, 30 children and one dance genre, it doesn't always work because some of those children find those things difficult. Whereas if we say, here's an idea, let's find a creative way of solving that problem and therefore create a piece of dance, that involves everybody and everyone feels able to do it. So it's totally inclusive. So we would offer, we do offer dance clubs. We would happily do that as a taster. Um, and I also think, going back to the clusters, that teachers have in the past asked us, do we do classes for teachers? Uh, we don't, but we'd love to. And actually that whole idea of sharing something within a cluster, even if it was to provide a dance class for teachers who are interested, um, one a half term or twice a year would be a great point of contact, a great opportunity to share things and to expand on their knowledge. And it's also a fun thing to do. Dance, I'm not talking about all the educational things, but actually dance is great fun. And it's a good way in to making people feel a little more comfortable about dance in schools. I, I think that's that's really important. And what I really love about that is the fact that a lot of things that come up regularly as, as I'm chatting to people on each episode is the, the lack of time and well-being for teachers and all and all of that kind of thing. And, and what's really, really interesting is the fact that dance... Um, is a and and any kind of physical activity is a great de-stressor um and it, it takes you out of your out of your head and um and the movement's really really important and just and actually just finding the time to do these things you actually get back much more than the time you actually put in don't you it really is just uh, absolutely yeah. absolutely i mean obviously dance ticks all of those boxes so well-being is a big deal isn't it in schools at the moment it's it's important for our children our students but it's equally important for our teachers especially at times like this when it's a stressful profession to be in um, so moving is we all know moving is good for us if you were to look at one of dance educates classes you would notice no doubt that everybody is moving everybody so again, going back to uh, a particular genre of dance, we're not setting um, a routine to music that people have to learn because that sets people up to fail. So we don't do that. We want to include everybody all the time. And when we do a school inset, we go in and we have a whole school that has been told, we've got a dance inset this afternoon after school. Uh, I'm sure you can imagine sometimes people are a little bit anxious about that. And do I have to take my shoes and socks off, etc. <laughs> exactly the same as children, actually. But I can guarantee that we're not there very long before people are enjoying it. They're laughing. They're having fun. They're moving. They're being fit. They're increasing their sense of well-being. And they leave feeling like that. Yeah. And it's it's just going across that initial barrier isn't it and um absolutely and i think that's the thing about anything our fear comes from the unknown um and absolutely. and just breaking down that initial barrier of just you know it's not going to be difficult you're not going to be putting yourself into danger or anything like that you're no. literally just going to be moving you you don't need to be learning a three minute song or anything like that absolutely. And, and and i think well, once I you can get over that it really does help Yes, that puts me in mind of a teacher um, we worked with once when we were uh, part of our research project, actually, from the place, who was terrified um, and said, but I can't keep in time with the music. And, and I'm worried that I can't count for the children. Um, 
we and we were able to reassure her and show her that you didn't actually have to do that and you don't have to stand up in front of your class and go five six seven eight and off you go it's not like that we like to think of ourselves as facilitators and that's what teachers are isn't it so rather than show them absolutely abc this is what you do and then do four more you can ask them to solve problems by giving them by leading them through it by facilitating that with an idea and children of course are brilliant they don't need much help in doing that they've got wonderful imaginations and when you tell them to this is your topic and this is what we're going to be trying to solve here find a way of moving to show me that they come up with brilliant ideas adults it takes a little bit longer because as you said we are a little bit afraid of that but no one should ever make people feel uncomfortable that's part of our job is to make people feel comfortable with dance and that's what we like to do yeah and and what i like about all these things is the fact that it brings everything full circle because i quite like it when a teacher feels a little bit afraid about of something <laughs> like that because you think just that makes you remember what it's like for children when that you know there there are certain subjects they thrive in and they love and they don't think about it but there are some things that they are slightly fearful because they don't understand or they're not quite sure what's going on and I think to yes. as a teacher to actually feel what that's like and then work out how you deal with it then you're in a much better position to be able to support the children from that point of view rather than just the delivering the actual um, criteria that you're trying to do. Yes, that's absolutely right. I totally agree with that. I think the point is that you're guiding people. And as teachers, we have a duty, don't we, to to break down those misgivings people have and say, this is anyone can do this. Let's work through it together. And that's what teaching dance is like. You're working through it together. It is a sort of co-collaborative state you're in with children. You're working on this. It's not something totally pre-prepared that you've worked out to the nth degree. You go in and you allow yourself to be sidetracked and you allow for people to have ideas and share them with the group. And that's what it is. So we talked a little bit about the fact you've got some resources on your website which people can download. Um, yes. how, how else can people um, get involved in Dance Educates? I mean, we talked a bit about lots of schools in London. How far afield do you stretch and, and who can be involved with you? Well, we often say that we'll go anywhere. In fact, I just had an inquiry from a school in Warrington, which is quite a way to go, but I'm more than happy to go. And I think all people need to do is look on our website so if you can look at the website or go on our Facebook page and just uh, ask me a question or Katie, we're happy to respond. We will get back to you as soon as we can. Just a friendly chat is a good start, isn't it? Um, we're happy to do that. And um, and in terms of we talked about cost and, uh, and all those things yes. for schools and that's a big barrier. <laughs> um, what sort of idea of, of pricing and cost um, do schools need to think about in terms of some of these different projects? Well, as I said to you earlier, we, that tends to vary. But if I give you a sort of rough idea of a daily cost to have myself or Katie and would be 350 a day. Um, obviously, the longer the project, if it's a half a term or a term, that tends to come down. It depends how many classes we're teaching over a period of time, what sort of project you ask for. Um, an inset, half a day's inset would be, oh, uh, 166 something like that 
we're not very expensive we're very good value <laughs> absolutely and also it, it it's using the money you have available isn't it because like you say if it's oh, well, co- if it's yes. covering ppa and that kind of thing often there's extra money available or you're using the resources that you have in a slightly different way so it's it's actually once you're really sold on the idea of actually really giving the children the support in this type of art um fi- find the money's there it's just a question of allocating it and, and making the most of it Well, it absolutely is there because the whole country gets to use the PE premium, which has doubled this year. So there is money there to buy in people like us. The beauty of Dance Educates is that we want to leave you with skills that you can carry on using. We don't just rush in and rush out again and you never use it again. And because we're updating our website constantly and we're hopefully putting more Uh, resources that people can use that you can get via the TES or our website, then you can keep abreast of that and keep moving forward. And as I said to you before, we want people to keep in touch with us so that we have this ongoing relationship. That's something that people don't pay for. So if you somebody sends me an email going, oh, I'm stuck. You remember we worked on a project last year. I thought I might try this. What do you think? I'm happy to have that discussion. We want dance good quality dance to be in schools so we want to facilitate that so that's what i would say to schools so and and it really is an investment in in your staff and in the school ethos and and the children's um understanding and development throughout the arts and i think that's a that's that's a really key thing and and i think that distinction you made is absolutely really really key the fact that you're not just buying in a project which then disappears you're actually investing in all of those things we've talked about as an ongoing investment um which is is just is is just the most important thing to take away from that it is terribly important because uh teachers are having to learn new skills constantly while they're working and this is another tool that people can use we found using dance as a multi-sensory approach to learning particularly useful in inner city schools where language is a very difficult thing. In some schools you go into, say in London, there are over 50 languages spoken. So for children to understand language, concepts and ideas is terribly difficult. So if teachers have another tool that they can use to help children broaden their understanding, then they should be using it. Well, whilst dance is included in PE, that's already there on their timetable, on their curriculum. So if we can help them to recognise that this can be a useful tool and you're getting children expressing a thought, a feeling or an idea physically and through dance, then you're doing all those things all in one go. That's really, really, really good. And I think the only other thing I'd like to just touch on is... um. When you're doing stuff in primary schools, do you ever have any crossover into the secondary? Because one of the things that um, people will be listening to for this um, season four of, of Music in the Arts is the fact that one of the projects I'm doing is actually trying to get primary schools and clusters of primary schools into a secondary school so that the children get an idea of what it feels like to be part of that secondary school but also the secondary school gets a chance to sort of help develop the children that they're going to be going to their school so that when they then move up into year seven yes they have the opportunity to think i've already been here i've met this teacher and also some of these skills i want to impart as a year seven teacher upwards are actually yes. already slightly embedded in, in there from that primary experience. Is that anything you've managed to, to do yourselves? 
Well, we have tried to do that. So it's something, transition work is something people have been talking about for a very long time. And I think the same old things always stand up against that, like a lack of time uh, being one of them. But I think if uh, my children have all attended the same secondary school and they've tried to do this uh, in the past, they had they have a lovely dance department where they do GCSE dance, BTEC, A-level. So they have a department of teachers. And what they've had is people going on an outreach project out to primary schools, their local feeder schools um, and using dance to dispel all those fears about coming up to the secondary school and also bringing children along to the secondary school to take part in dance there and festivals and such like. However, no matter what the idea, how good it is, it's very, very hard to staff that. It's very hard to organise the time and the space that suits everybody. And I think dance educates could be key in a successful transition project using dance because we could be at the other end of that. So having both of us are secondary trained, we still work on a secondary level wherever we can. So we're au fait with what goes on in a secondary school. We know the problems that they would have in terms of staffing and space, but we also understand what happens in primary schools. So we would like to be involved in that sort of arrangement where you have a secondary school and a cluster of schools around where we could be the people in between. We could bring, we could do some outreach ourselves from the secondary school, we could bring them in. So we bridge that gap. And after all, that's what transitions is, isn't it? It's a bridge across that gap. And I feel that we should be doing more about that. I think that's true. And I think as a as an, an external organisation, you're in the ideal uh, ideal position to do that because, like you say, you see both sides of those coins, and also you're and because you've got the dance is the central element of it, or whichever project it happens to be, you can see how it does it. Like I say, rather than um, staff within the schools that have a multitude of things going on, yes. it's something they're exactly. trying to fit in. Whereas you can be focused specifically on this particular project, and therefore you have that opportunity to kind of make it work for everyone as best they possibly can. Yes, absolutely, because there just isn't enough time on one teacher's timetable, is there, to fit all that in. So we would be those people in between. We could be the people who bridge that gap. Uh, We have done, I have done some transition projects that have felt very uh, successful in their dance outcome and with those primary children in year six. I'm not certain how that transmitted into going off to that secondary school so I think there's still quite a lot of work to be done and as you say I think as an outside body with our own resources we are the resource uh, we could certainly help out with that and I'd be more than happy to do that. I think that really would be a very exciting a very exciting project to be involved in and I hope if someone it? listening yeah. you know gets in contact and able to able to really maybe facilitate something like that so um, that would be great. <laughs> so yeah so as we said you know for anyone listening who wants to um, have dance and, and get Dance Educates involved, the search for you on Facebook um, or the or the website is the best place to get in contact, which is danceeducates.co.uk. Is that right? That's absolutely right, yes. Do you have any sort of final words of advice for teachers who are thinking, I really think dance would be a, a fabulous thing for me to be doing and I'm not quite sure where to start, other than obviously getting in contact with you to get you in is 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 there any sort of um really important piece of information you think that might just as you said just open that window a little bit just to kind of get people moving a bit more 
Um, yes. After saying yes, get in touch with me. <laughs> I think I think there are. I think not to be afraid to look at your curriculum. It is a rich source of stimulus for dance. It's there's everything you ever need is in your curriculum. Even if you do what we do and look at the words, look at the wonderful language that you have, for example, in the science curriculum, especially. Um, don't be afraid of saying to children, let's explore this word. What can we, how could we show me? How could you show me this word? But also things like uh, looking on our website at the warm-up book, because preparing to dance is very important in our book. We feel that you need to be ready, just like you have to be ready for any other lesson. You have to sit in the right place, be in the right place, that is to say. You have to have the right equipment. You have to have the right amount of focus. And for dance, warming up's not really about what it is, about being physically warm and physically prepared, but it's also about having the right mental approach to what you're about to do. And that can be a very f a great fun thing. And we give lots of examples of how you can do that. And I think sometimes teachers who don't have a lot of experience in dance sometimes need just that beginning, just the little start of a lesson. And our warm-up booklet would certainly help you and it's there for you to download for free. But just don't be afraid. Maybe start in your classroom at your table and using your arms and your hands to try and find words to say what might attract and repel look like if you're looking at magnets simple as that i think that's great advice and um and we'll have all of these links on the educationonfire.com website so we'll have links to um dance educates and and also the facebook link and and anything else which you think is the best way of getting in contact so we can make that as easy as easy as possible Lovely. for teachers to get involved so alison thank you so much for chatting to me it's been really interesting and it's i, I get really excited when i hear people who are so enthusiastic about what they're delivering in schools and um and, uh, and and I, and i really hope you get some people um contacting you and, and hopefully some of those great ideas of projects can um can can really come to fruition I hope so. It's been great talking to you too. Thank you, Mark. Brilliant. Thanks very much. Thanks for listening to the Education on Fire podcast. For more information of each episode and to get in touch, go to educationonfire.com. Education is not the filling of a pail, but the lighting of a fire.